Welcome to the Right Now Show. This show is all about inspiring our generation, people in their 20s, to go out and actually go for your dream, to find out what your purpose and your mission in life is. And I know that you listening, you are capable of so much more than you can possibly imagine. And I want you to go out and I want you to make that happen. And on this show, we're going to bring on people that have inspired us, that are absolutely just crushing it in life and have overcome insane odds. And this show is called The Right Now Show because the only thing that is truly real is this moment. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome to The Right Now Show. Today we have Luke Adams. Me and Luke actually kind of go way back, actually. We met at a, a parkour Ninja Warrior gym in Connecticut, I think when I was like 15 or 16. And uh, we're both filmmakers. He's an entrepreneur. He's been doing this for a lot longer than I can. And this guy, he also does like polar plunges in where there's like glaciers. Like he's insanely good at doing polar plunges. So I definitely want to talk about that. But uh, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for so much for yeah, coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. And yeah, I think we definitely have like a ton of similarities. It's kind of crazy that that was that was like 10 years ago then if, it, if you were 15 and I was 15. That was, yeah. that was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, to see how we both kind of became filmmakers. And I know you do a lot of the cold plunge stuff too. So pretty cool to bit. see a lot of that like intersection of um, interest mm-hmm. and stuff like that. For sure, man. So where can people find you if they want to go check out some of your videos? What, what is your Instagram handle? So what my is, Instagram handle is LukeAdamsPK um, from parkour. So I still kept that to this day. But basically, yeah. I kind of post more lifestyle content there. And then on the corporate side of things, my company name is Story Real Studios. Um, and they can just look up storyreal.co if they want to see some of our more corporate or bigger brand collaboration projects that we've done. For sure. So take me back to, to your past when you first started getting into parkour and Ninja Warrior. How did you get into that? Like, where did, where did that even come from? So I think I remember seeing in high school, um, these YouTubers from the UK were posting videos. Um, I don't know if you remember the video, but it's basically, they're just like sprinting up a wall and they have some like jazz music in the background. That's, that's the only way I would remember it, but it was like, um, it was just pure parkour. There were no flips. It was going from point A to B in the most efficient way possible. Mm. Um, and I just kind of saw that video and I'm like, I want to try this and learn in it and see if I could progress and uh, ended up falling in love with it just because of like how personal it is to you overcoming that specific obstacle and challenge yeah. um, versus having to play by like a specific set of rules or anything like that. That's pretty sick, man. Was it, what did it like kind of just like click right off the bat for you or did you kind of like suck at it at first? Oh no. Yeah. I was really bad at it at first. Yeah. Um, I was like pretty, pretty awful at it. But whenever I'm like really bad at something, I get like this weird motivation where it's like the beginner's curve. Cause like any progress you make is huge in that, like the first two months of doing an activity. Uh, so I'd like incrementally get better, um, over time. But yeah, it definitely wasn't like the most amazing or naturally talented, uh, parkour athlete in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've seen some of your videos. You're, you're definitely really good. You got some flow. You got some tricks. And I think you were on uh, Team Ninja Warrior, right? When the, when the colleges yeah, yeah. were competing. Yeah, so we did uh, College Edition for UConn yeah. uh, my sophomore year, and that was that was a blast. They actually flew us out to L.A. Uh, we got to meet with an, a bunch of other teams from all over the country. Yeah. 
and yeah, it was just a, a blast there. That's awesome, man. So I want to get dig into, you know, how did you get into filmmaking? Because I mean, I've seen your Instagram, um, the Polar Plunge video, for example, like if you haven't checked that out for, for the listeners listening, like definitely go check out that video on on Luke's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever it is. Um, but I like, how did you get into that? Why did you get into that? And uh, what was the inspiration for that video? For the Greenland project? Yeah. Uh, so basically I'll, I'll take it back to like where I, what sparked my interest in filmmaking. And that was yeah. filming parkour videos. I just kind of fell in love with like visually telling a story. Mm. Um, and filming parkour was a way to do that for me. And then eventually I wanted to get more into like the documentary side of things. So working with different nonprofits, um, just because like, that's what I take the most interest in versus like the camera settings is telling a meaningful story. Um, and anxiety and like men's mental health are like two topics that I've felt really passionately about, but haven't really talked about with any of my friends or really openly talked about before. So I wanted to combine my interest in filmmaking and do something completely unique that was never done before um, to raise awareness for those two issues, really. Uh, so I came up with the idea of swimming underneath an iceberg to symbolize some of the invisible battles that wow. many of us hide below the surface, like away from our friends, family members, even at times, sometimes we're hiding them from ourselves mm. too. So this was not only like a way for me to show that metaphor, but yeah. also face my own battles in the process to pull the project off. That's awesome, man. Did you like, obviously you did that for a reason. And I love the reason, by the way, did you struggle with anything in the past that like, kind of led you to that video yeah it was uh mainly anxiety was like the biggest thing and just like feeling like i had to put on this show that i was stronger than i was i just mm -hmm. kind of felt that growing up always that i need to be strong and i can't let people see my weaknesses so i really hid that anxiety for many years um and i would say over the pandemic like the stress of running a business then the social isolation definitely led to some challenges with my own mental health mm. um, that I hadn't learned to face before. And cold water therapy, ironically enough, is one of the things that got me through that time in my life. There was just uh, a ton of mood boosting benefits and other benefits on my mind that I was noticing from it. Wow. Um, so that's kind of one of the ways that ties in there too. Yeah. So do you have any advice for any of the, the listeners that maybe have gone through something similar to you with anxiety? I mean, I've struggled with anxiety too, but a lot of us tend to suppress it and just keep it internal and we never let it out. We never be vulnerable with all that stuff. So do you have any advice for, you know, some of the listeners listening to this that might be struggling with the same exact thing? Yeah, I would say number one is like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like even your, your own friend group, for example, too. A lot of times like us men especially don't want to share what we're going through with our friends. We only really want to share the successes and not the failures. Um, so having a support group of people who really believe in you and want to hear your failures and guide you towards, um, towards success instead of like, instead of just celebrating your successes, they're there for the failures too. Almost. So I would say that's number one. And then number two is uh, be willing to kind of look underneath the surface at what's actually the root cause instead of 
focusing on external solutions. So many times, even doctors today are prescribing mm. antidepressants as a first line of defense against something like anxiety or depression when there's so many other factors at play. Maybe there's something going on in your life that you're not in love with and that you can actually change. And making that change will go a lot further than trying to cover it up and take a, uh, a band-aid approach to the solution. Yeah, man, that's... that's the yeah, you hit that spot on. That's great advice. Um, and you said like cold water immersion kind of um, helped you with this. Um, talk, bring me back to the first ever time you uh, you decided to do an ice bath. Yeah, so I think uh, it was January 1st, 2021, I want to say. So not not that long ago was the first time I did it. Um, and we, we had went to the beach that day, me, my family and I, and I don't know, I remember like seeing a while ago Wim Hof stuff. I didn't really read any of the benefits ahead of time. So I kind of just went into it just thinking like, this is just something crazy. Um, I just want to see if I could do it just for my own like strength and willpower. Yeah. Um, and then I remember that day, I just felt like so on top of things. I felt like I was thinking clearer. I was much more confident and I was in just such a good mood and it felt like a natural high almost in a way. Wow. Um, where I just felt like on top of the world basically. And then I kept kind of experimenting with it. I was reading a bit more. I was researching the Wim Hof method with the breathing as well. Uh, and combining those two were a really great way for me to just kind of keep that energy high and not let myself get too too far into my head. Wow, yeah. Um, and I know we had a call like i don't know i think it was like a month ago or something and you and you talking to me about like this is literally like a muscle that you can build up so like as you do this more and more it gets easier and you can you know push the the barrier so to speak how did you build that muscle when it comes to cold plunges because you, you've taken it to a whole nother yeah. level so yeah i think it uh visualization actually helped a lot ahead of time too so it's not only how many times have you subjected your body to cold water, but yeah. even visualizing before you go. So part of the training for Greenland, um, it was too warm to do anything like super cold other than an ice bath in Connecticut while I was training for mm -hmm. it. Um, so a lot of the times it was just visualization and putting myself in that situation. And then also when I'm doing the ice bath, making sure I'm fully present in that moment, I'm concentrating on calming my breathing uh, and doing that a repeated amount of times. You definitely develop a tolerance to it. And um, it was funny because my, my dad and I actually went to a polar plunge, like those mass events that uh, a bunch of people will jump into the cold water. Okay. And they actually told both me and my dad that we were in there too long. We had to get out because everyone was kind of running in, just jumping mm -hmm. in. And, like to us, we've done it so many times that we just like, Staying in 33 degree water for five, 10 minutes is not really a big deal. And we don't really feel the, the cold past a, point, a certain point. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty insane. Um, yeah, that video was so sick, man. Like that's, that's one of the most incredible videos you, I've ever yeah. seen. Um, and like, like you didn't just like jump in the water. You like went like, I don't know, like 40 feet deep into that water. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, that was the hardest part, actually. It wasn't the cold. Yeah. It was learning to what they call free dive. So basically, you hold your breath and you dive down like you would on a scuba tank. So you're equalizing the pressure uh, as you go deeper. 
and you're also remembering to um, yeah do all these little things to kind of deal with the pressure as it builds mm. while you're still holding on to that oxygen from the first breath you took so some of those dive times are like a minute 30 uh, and you're in freezing water so you have to make sure you don't freak out and be like I'm underwater I can't breathe right now because you're 40 feet deep it takes at least 25 30 seconds to get back up to the surface yeah. again that's interesting i have some friends that they want to try the uh, like an ice bath or something like that but they just like can't will themselves to do it what advice do you have to tell them like if they want to try it but they're like still like on that edge and then what are the benefits to it as well yep so i'll start with uh the benefits because i'm actually trying to get my friend to do it the other yeah. day and he ended up doing it. i was super proud of him um but the benefits are, one, you're boosting neuropronephrine, dopamine, all these neurotransmitters, um, effectively being a natural antidepressant. So they've done studies on this. You can look up Wim Hof. He's specifically done studies on brain chemistry and how it changes in cold water. Um, the second point is it's a willpower boost. If you can do a super hard thing to start your day, like cold water, Doing something else challenging, like making a sales call, um, even asking for help in a, in a context of mental health, that becomes much easier when you're taking that challenging first step. Um, and then three, I would just say it's like, it's kind of fun just to experiment with and see what your body's capable of. Um, I definitely get a lot of like joy in seeing how far you can push your limit in a safe environment. And I think more people can definitely... Um, definitely try it out and just to make it like easier i would say start with going up to your knees event uh and do do some breathing there mm -hmm. while it's basically just your shins up to your knees um in cold water make sure you could calm your breath there then go to your waist then your chest and then if you feel really comfortable you could put your head under for a few seconds yeah. um but yeah, it's definitely incremental and working up to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, some of your videos, like I think I saw a video on your story the other day and you were like, you were like in a creek or something and like there was ice and like you were under the creek, like looking above. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was just so insane. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun one. I'm trying to get it, but it took me even, uh, cause I hadn't done cold butter since Greenland yeah. before that. So it took me maybe two two days or two sessions to even be able to work up to like, I think that was only a 45 second breath hold. Uh, but it took me some time. Like I couldn't just go right back yeah. into it. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty much with anything. Like you got to put in those reps and then when you stop putting in the reps and you take some time off, like you're kind of, you kind of backtrack a little bit <laughs> and then you got to get right back into it and put in those reps and get right back where you were. But uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. So let's uh, let's dive into the filmmaking a little bit in your in your business. It's called uh, Story, Story yeah. Reels, right? Story, yep, Story Reels Studios. Awesome. Um, how is that going? Like, what is that exactly? So basically, we're a video production company, and we help purpose-driven companies and purpose-driven brands use video storytelling to better communicate with their customers or investors. Um, so a lot of our clients are very corporate, but they have that purpose-driven mission. They want to make the world a better place, mm. whether it's in mental health care, doing something revolutionary there, or working on sustainability and sustainable technology. So it's uh, we have like a wide range of clients, I would say, but they all share that 
strong purpose and mission in common. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's, that's awesome. I love the purpose driven. I'm on that totally the same wavelength. Um, yeah, what yeah. kind of style is like your video? Like what, what kind of style filmmaker are you? So right now, uh, I would say it's more in like the brand documentary in a sense. So it's this very short form. Uh, I say documentary, but a lot of people will think like 30, 40 minutes for that. Yeah. This is like a minute and a half. Like, can you tell the story of the company in that time mm. and make it exciting to their audience? Uh, and I would say the way that we really succeeded in that in our style comes from doing so much research on their audience because they don't value the same things that I I necessarily value and they want to see different things. So if it's a very technical client, like an engineer, I'm thinking about telling the story in a very different way than I would if it's a fashion brand, mm. for example. No, nah, yeah, I like that. Um, so for those at home that are just kind of like doing the nine to five, they don't really like their job because you started your own business, you're an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. What are some things that they can start doing to kind of get away from that nine to five and like actually go for their dream, go and be an entrepreneur if that's what they wanted to do? Yeah, I would say number one is get super clear on that purpose again and make sure that this is 1000% what you want to do mm -hmm. because you, you, you know as well as I do that when you start your own business, you in the beginning at least you're working more hours and no matter what, you have to give it 110% every hour you're working basically. Yeah. Like there's no waiting on someone to tell you what to do. Um, it's very hard work. So setting that intention that this is what I want to do and this is why I want to do it is critical for that long-term success. Um, the second part I would say is dip your toes in the water first too. Keep that nine to five. Mm. Get a few clients first. Don't worry about necessarily getting a website or getting everything perfect, getting a logo before you start. Just reach out to a few people and see if that you can collaborate and make something together with them that they would either pay you for or they would be happy to use within their business and could be very useful for them. So yeah. I, would, I would say that's the other thing is dip your toes in the water. You'll kind of know when it's time to make that transition to full time. Yeah. But in the beginning, it's good to have something stable so you're not reaching out for any project. Because what you want to avoid is saying, I do video production, I could do anything mm. uh, and work with every type of client possible. And then you burn yourself out that way, working outside of your passion. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that applies to other businesses that are maybe similar to filmmaking, but you know, maybe it's uh, like car detailing or something, something like that. Like they're selling merch or something online. Do you think it still applies to that? Yeah, I, th I think 100%, especially with like the business fundamentals. What I've noticed is the difference between creative entrepreneurship and other types is you're so heavily reliant on creative energy and flow. Mm. And it just works so opposite to other types of productivity in a sense. So you can't get more creative working more hours. You have like a creative bandwidth essentially that's limited. Um, so you have to kind of get creative in how you work with within those limitations to s still produce high quality work in enough volume to make sure you're getting your bills paid. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, that brings us to the next topic is, you know, like the title of this podcast, I wanted to name it how to be creative and you know, what is creativity? So, yeah, I mean, that's like my next question for you. Like, what is creativity to you? 
So I think creativity is looking at a problem and instead of going straight to the the most common solution, essentially, you're thinking way outside the box to get it done. You're coming up with ideas and approaches that haven't been done before and that are likely to fail too. Mm. A lot of them are going to be likely to fail and you have to be willing to test that uh test them out and experiment with them to see what works well. So I think, yeah, creativity applies to anything. It could be looking at an accounting problem or an engineering problem or even real estate. You could be very creative in many different industries, but it's about taking that extra time and, um, and really coming up with a solution that hasn't been thought of before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember our conversation a little while ago and you said like, you travel all the time because you want to stay creative and like you're traveling outside the United States. Um, yeah. you know, how does traveling and experiencing new things, how does that tie into creativity? Yeah. So I think, uh, as creatives, we really need to invest in ourselves as people almost as much as we invest into our businesses. So we're very quick to buy new camera equipment, spend all of our free time building the company but we often kind of forget to spend time investing in ourselves, whether that's new experiences, travel, things that broaden our horizons um, actually make us more creative. And I actually recently read a book called Peak Performance, and it basically says that creative ideas come from rest and new experiences. So if you can do those two things well, um, you'll ensure that you'll still be able to come up with creative ideas for a long time. Yeah. Is there any other ways that, you know, people can start being more creative and come up with these new ideas? Because obviously as filmmakers, you know, that's what we kind of pride ourselves on is being creative and making a new video, making new ideas come to life. So is there anything else in your personal life that has helped you spark that creative juice? Yeah, I would say, um, trying to think here on like what specifically has made me more creative in the long run. Um, Journaling definitely helps me. Like if I have like a problem, I like, I like to brainstorm like five different ways I could approach Mm -hmm. it. Uh, And then I'll eventually do more research into the the one I ultimately choose. But let's say like for a specific example, I know I want to get into real estate investing as a way to take some of the money I make in video production and invest Mm -hmm. it. The common approach is to let's say buy multifamily properties. Uh, and that's very common. It works and it's uh, consistent income, consistent cash flow. But I feel like it's not using my creativity to the fullest. So, something that we've been looking at is building a podcast studio, kind of like what we're doing here, but in a physical location that other creatives can rent out and create their own content. Ooh. So, we're taking that same space and rather than renting it out to a long term office tenant or using it as an apartment, we're able to create more value by having people rent out the space on an hourly or daily basis and create their own content in that space. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. That's a great idea. I love that idea. Yeah, for me, Thanks, yeah. for me, like uh, with creativity, I think one, believing that you are creative, it, like that comes first for me. Um, two would be surrounding myself with other creative people because you are who you surround yourself with. So if I'm constantly surrounding myself with people that are coming up with new ideas, like that's just only going to spark my interest. And three, I would just say like taking care of yourself, like, you know, putting the right food in your body, getting the right sleep, um, exercising. When you do all those things right, you're just, you know, you're operating at a higher frequency. 
And then, you know, those ideas just naturally kind of come to you. Also things like meditation. I don't know if you're, if you don't do meditation, but like that, just like, yeah, yeah, just like clears your mind. And like when you clear your mind and you don't have those worries and those anxieties, then you can like let those new ideas come in. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 We really just gotta like take care of ourselves as, as people first before we even think about the business. But you brought up a good point too, where you mentioned that you, you really have to tell yourself that you are creative. So I'm sure you've dealt with imposter syndrome at time too. Um, do you have like any examples on how you overcame that in the past? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually do affirmations sometimes. Like one of the things that I tell myself and if I keep saying this over and over again, like maybe eventually it will happen. Like I don't like, I wouldn't necessarily, I say I actually believe this, but one of the things I tell myself is I'm one of the most creative people on this planet. So I just repeat that, you know, day in and day out and eventually it'll happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes I have to step away for a little while, like from editing and just like take that break and like go on that walk in nature and, and like, just like, get off like just take all those thoughts and just put them aside and just like try to get you know my mind back so yeah that that definitely helps just like experiencing new things like going on hikes going on running actually is a really good i get some of my most creative thoughts when i'm running yeah i could see that for sure so yeah those things definitely help for me um what are some of the things that you know drain your creative creativeness yeah, that's a really good point because I definitely like felt that like two, three weeks ago. I had a, I had a few clients that were um, they were just taking control of the creative process a bit more than I would have liked, and kind of making recommendations that took me out of the creative flow, or I felt like I was just making something and kind of like moving pixels around versus using my creativity to help them solve that problem. So I would say making sure that. Yeah, that you do need to take corporate work where it's less creative, but making sure if you are taking those projects that you still have projects that fuel you. Mm. I'm sure you have projects you work on where you just spend the whole day editing and you still yeah. don't realize it. It's like a blast. For sure. Um, so making sure you have time to work on stuff like that. And then also it's just like if you're overworking yourself, you're going to drain your creativity. Like I kind of realized that last last year where we're just getting too much demand for some of the corporate video stuff and our team was pretty small at the time so i was just working way too much and using my creative like basically like i felt my creativity getting squeezed almost yeah out of me. yeah there's some projects i like sometimes it takes me so long to edit that project and i'm, I'm there for you know five six hours just straight And I feel like one of the things that happens is like my feelings or my emotions kind of get drained out. So I think creativity has a a big part to play in like emotions and feelings. But when you can't feel like your emotions anymore, then like you're not going to be creative. So that's a really good point. But yeah, that's that's really that's really interesting. How about this is kind of a little off topic, but how about like drugs? Do you think you think? creativity can play into drugs at all or like do you think drugs take away from creativity like alcohol marijuana um i mean a lot of people are experiencing um like psychedelics like stuff like that yep yep so yes psychedelics in specific i I don't have too much experience but i've done it a few times in a microdose level um 
And I felt that that definitely gave me like a clearer head and just some more creative ideas. I didn't really go too far in depth with that. Um, for me personally, like weed makes me less creative. I know some people who it makes more creative. Um, but I think the altered state kind of plays into creativity too. Um, as long as you're doing it in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And I guess there is something to be said about like many artists in the past had issues with, with addiction and drug addiction. Um, but I think that ties into their personality type more than the actual addiction helping their creativity. Mm -hmm. I think it's as creatives, we kind of have an addictive personality in a way where, um, we're very passionate and sometimes we can obsess about our passions. Yeah. Uh, and if we don't pour our passions and our excess energy into productive outlets, I think that can manifest in potentially negative addictions as well. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think sometimes drugs can play into being more creative if you're doing it with more of like a purpose. But if you're just doing it, yeah, yeah, if say if you're like addicted to it and you're doing it over and over again, I think that'll draw away from creativity. Um, because I mean, like, let's face it, like sometimes drugs, they open up like new portals in our brain and you can think in a totally different way that you can never think of when you're sober. So it's, it's definitely really, really interesting. But if you overdo it, I think the opposite happens and you kind of get drained out and it's just no good, but no, yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, um, I've done a lot of research into psychedelics because one of my clients is a psychedelic company that's working on bringing psychedelic based uh, treatments to market to treat mental health conditions. Mm-hmm. So I've done like a lot of research myself on how psychedelics affect the brain chemistry yeah. and things with uh, the default mode network essentially, which the default mode network and creativity. If you look up those two words or those two phrases in Google, you'll find a lot of research articles that have linked the two. Uh, And it's basically our brain at rest when we're not thinking and we're not immersed in a million different things. Uh, That's when the default mode network takes over. And that's basically, I guess that's what they're saying is where our creative ideas come from. Uh, so either at rest or in an altered state due to psychedelic. So I would say there's definitely something to be said yeah, there and explored. For sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I think uh, like sometimes like we get in these routines where we just kind of do the same thing over and over again. It's just like the same shit, yep. same shit, different day. And I think that's for me, like that's what like takes away my creativity. Like I need like uncertainty. I need to be like curious about something in my life oh, yeah. in order to be creative. Sure. So uh yeah. I, also, I also think like the content that you consume, like listening to podcasts, people that are creative, watching videos. Like if I watch your videos, like I'm sure like I'll get creative ideas for like my videos too. So I think, you know, like, like your diet isn't just the food that you put in your body. It's everything that you consume. So I think, yeah, you know, that's huge. Yeah, that's exactly. Huge. So those lifestyle choices of like, not just scrolling on social media aimlessly, I think that takes away your creativity. But if you're like really looking into people, and like researching the right people and surrounding yourself with the right people, whether it's online or in person, I think that can really drive up your creative ability as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, you mentioned, or you asked before about like what, what else drains my creativity yeah. and yeah, the phone phone is one of the biggest things I found is, uh, 
I, I read another uh, like research article the other day that basically said, whenever we look at our phone, it takes us 23 minutes to get our focus back mm. and get back into that flow state. So yeah, we only checked our phone for a minute. We got an Instagram like for sure, but it takes 23 minutes to get back into that state. Uh, so one of the ways that I, that I personally deal with this is I bought like this cookie jar that has a lid on it and I could lock my phone away for like hour and a half and just be like, okay, I'm going to be creative now. I'm going to write. Yeah. And I don't have the option to go on my phone during that oh, time. I like that. So that's definitely helped me be more creative for sure. Cause you could definitely with Instagram reels, like, yeah, you can make sure you're only following specific people, but sometimes reels will just show you stuff and you'll keep scrolling. Exactly. It won't necessarily be healthy content, uh, to consume. Yeah, yeah. Something that you mentioned before was uh, being in the present moment, and like the the name of this podcast is called the Right Now Show. Um, I yep. think being in the present moment also sparks creativity uh, because everything happens now. Like uh, the the past and the future, like it's not here. Like we only have right now. This is the only thing that's truly real. So like when you keep your mind right here, right now, I feel like that's putting you in the best spot to be creative and to be really your most authentic self. Um, yeah. So yeah, what is what's your your take on like you know the right now the present moment? Uh, I I love the, I love it. Uh, it's definitely something that I've struggled with. Yeah, myself too. Staying present, just because running a business, you're always like, what's next? What's next? And it's hard to like let your give yourself permission to be present in what you're doing that moment and today. And I think gratitude helps too. Is just like realizing like how amazing our jobs are. Mm. Like we literally get to go and like tell stories through video. And I was just thinking the other day on a drive to a shoot, like cause I was just super busy and I'm like, what am I doing today? And then I just kind of switched my frame of thought. I'm like, this is crazy. Like 20 years ago, it would take a million dollars worth of camera equipment to do what we're able to do today. And to be able to offer that to our clients and just like, have them grow as a result of the creative collaboration we did together yeah. is just that that really keeps gets me going for sure man yeah um so like after you make a video and you you have a story to tell like what is like why like what what was what's the big reason why like why you're a filmmaker because i know for me it's like being able to tell other people's stories and to like have almost like that memory capsule forever so to speak like that's kind of what means so much to me and being able to help others make an impact that they want to make. That's kind of like why I do it, but I want to see what your take is on it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I love that take of um, the memory side yeah. of things too. Just like, yeah, there, there's like clips that I've shot before that I wish I kept backed up because they were just for me personally. So they weren't for a client. So I didn't back them up as much as I should have. Mm. And um, there's some amazing moments like, Quadding around Joshua Tree with with some of my closest friends, that was pretty incredible. We got some amazing footage yeah. there, and yeah, there's no like purpose behind it. There's no project behind it, but being able to film and collect those memories, I think, is super important. Uh, but I think for me, like my long term thing is just like if my video could help someone think about something in a different way or inspire them to chase after their dreams. Like that's what I would consider worth it. Um, 
worth it to me. I love that, man. Yeah, I love that. It's it's definitely a really cool job. And it really never gets old because it's always something new. Like there's always a different video, video. There's always a different idea, a different story to tell. And uh, yeah, I love it. Um, something that yeah. we always ask on our podcast is what is your purpose? So, yeah, I, I might need like 10 seconds to think no, about that one. Um, Another way to ask the question is what is the best way that you can help people? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good one. I, I think my, my purpose is evolving in a way, but I think before it was to kind of tell the story of these purpose-driven brands who really didn't have a voice before and couldn't communicate that mission. Mm. So it's helping them. And then beyond that, now it's kind of evolved to helping the audience and delivering a message to them that inspires. So that's kind of what I did with the Greenland project um, is kind of just share my own journey in a personal way in the hope that it would inspire someone else and help get them to either ask for help or just realize that they're strong enough to battle their anxiety and their invisible battles. Um, and now the next evolution that I kind of see is just cause I'm starting to grow a team around mm. me is helping other creatives kind of scale their impact. Cause there's a lot more creatives who also have their own purposes. So being able to almost mentor them in a way through some of the struggles that I faced in making creative work, their full-time career and, really diving in on their purpose and their impact. Mm. So that's kind of where I'm transitioning now. Um, but also maintaining the other two layers. Of yeah. Oh time. man. I love that. Yeah. Well, we're definitely gonna have to talk more because I, I definitely want to pick your brand and all that stuff. Cause I, I'm, I'm pretty new in yeah. this process and you you've been doing this for what, like eight years now or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, things like imposter syndrome, yeah. they're still, still there for sure. Cause it's like, I don't come from a technical background. I didn't go to film school. Mm. Like I have that, I have the big picture vision a lot of yeah. times, but like sometimes on set, like I'll just like, won't know the exact camera setting. Mm. Um, and it usually doesn't make a huge no. difference, but like, let's say shutter speed, for example, like if I don't have an ND filter and I'm filming mm -hmm. like some badass slow motion sequence, like I'll crank up the shutter if I want that shallow depth of field. Yeah. And, Stuff like that, like would I feel like upset a film film student or a film purist. Yeah. Um, but I'm just so focused on like the big picture and making sure we get that story that the finer details, like I'm starting to get people who handle that part for mm -hmm. me now, but I've come to realize that they don't make as much of a difference as sometimes we think they do. Yeah, no, I think the the message of the story and like this you know, the story part of what you're actually telling, like capturing that message and that mission is so much more important than getting the right camera settings, right? Like seriously, like I feel like I could film with an iPhone and like, it wouldn't be that much of a difference, you know, like the, like yep. the, the quality of the camera, no, 100%, the quality yeah. of the camera isn't, isn't the most important thing. It's, it's the message of the video. Thousand percent. Yeah. We actually, we just filmed a spec commercial in the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, and it because it's a spec commercial, which is basically when you you're trying to land the client, so there's no budget. You're kind of paying for it on your own. Mm -hmm. uh, so we didn't have money to get like an underwater housing for my main camera, the R5. So I just bought this like hundred dollar underwater housing for my iPhone, and the shots we got there, I was like blown away with. Like I blew them up on my giant monitor, and I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. Like I think phones are at the point now where 
you can create some amazing content on it that no one will be able to tell the difference. And it's like some of my friends in the industry hear that and they get kind of sad because they're like, well, we need giant cameras anymore. And I think they still have their yeah. place. But this gets me excited because it means more people can start telling their story and transforming lives through the content. They yeah, create. I feel like half the reason for like these big cameras is just like, for like the credibility aspect of things, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if I walk around the gym with like a big camera and a gimbal, like people are going to put their eyes on me instead of if I just have like a little phone filming a YouTube video. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. You still need them for, for things like credibility. Like we, we just bought the Ursa just cause it's a big camera. Yeah. So if our clients don't see us rolling up with like an iPhone, basically, even if, even if the quality is the same. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, say if someone like wanted to start their own business or they wanted to start their own filmmaking business, um, what advice would you have to tell them if they wanted to get started with something like that? If they, you know, good question too. So I would say, uh, biggest, the biggest question I get from like people that I'm mentoring is how do I get more projects in the beginning? Mm -hmm. Right. So it really comes out. I usually ask them, I'm like, what are you doing? Some of them will say cold calling very infrequently. They will they're kind of just like posting on LinkedIn or Instagram and trying to get work yeah. that way. Um, but back to the point of creativity, like this is a problem here. You're facing a sales problem. How can you be creative about solving mm. it? So what can you do in your sales process that your customers never seen before that they're excited to see? One of the ways we do that is, um, these spec commercials or video pitches. So I'll personally like get, Sometimes I'll buy the product too that we're trying to land as the as like our dream mm. client, and I'll make a video. Sometimes I'll show product shots, lifestyle shots, but the majority of the videos just me talking about their brand, their mission, and how we can elevate their mission and communicate it to their customers better. So I'll even include the idea in there, and it's low volume. Like I probably only have time to make twelve of those mm. a year. Out of those twelve usually anywhere from eight to nine will respond in a positive way usually leads to like five or six clients this is really good. That, which i think really <laughs> yeah. good conversion rate. that's amazing conversion um, rate yeah and then usually those projects end up referring us out to more work yeah. so that's where the word of mouth comes from and um yeah that's basically like all all we need so thinking about like how can you be creative in your own sales process and do something that other than sending an email hey like I'm a local video production company. I'd love to help you. And even if you are sending an email, take the extra step, research what their mission is, come up with a very general video idea. Mm. Um, second piece of advice that I have would be to really like put yourself in the shoes of not, not your client, but their audience. So figuring out the very nuanced details that they want to see in the video, the type of information they're looking for and the type of content they want to consume. Um, spend more time on that than you do researching camera settings. Cause that's, what's going to be like your biggest differentiator. Not anyone can shoot amazing content now. Um, it really comes down to making sure that it speaks to the audience in a on brand and relevant way. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's bring me through that video process. So you, you see an ideal client on social media or you, maybe you meet them in person and you actually take a video of yourself explaining to to them what your vision is for the video. Is that what you do? Yeah. Yeah. So some, basically I'll have like a list of like video ideas I want to do 
without a brand and then I have a list of brands I want to work with and I try and pair them mm. together and be like, oh, this brand stands for this, this project stands for this. How can I tie them both together? Right. Um, so then from there to get their attention, some videos I'll go all out on, like basically the spec commercial for Tudor watches. Um, I flew out to Dominica and yeah, it was a good travel experience and a vacation mm -hmm. too, but we got a lot of content of, of their watch underwater uh my coach who taught me for the greenland project i was actually filming him so he was diving down like 60 to 100 feet on breath hold and we were filming the watch at the same time uh. in this like underwater setting so we're kind of showing what we could do and even that spec project had a commercial or a, it had a storyline behind it which is basically saying how we need to chase our dreams chase adventure live in the present moment, escape hustle culture, stuff mm. like that. So yeah, then we'll eventually I'll like get on camera and talk about our vision to the customer. But these videos are very short, like a minute to three minutes. At okay. Most. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's so smart. Like, I, I, man, that is, that is a great idea. Holy smokes. I love that. Um, yeah, they're fun to make too. It's, it gets you creative. Yeah. So it's like, it keeps you creative. Making wow. Them. So where do you, uh, where do you, what do you see your, your future? Um, like, what do you, what do you think your future holds for you? I know you want to like start, uh, mentoring other filmmakers, um, anything else that, that you see? Yeah. So I think like immediate, uh, next step is that studio that we're, we're hopefully gonna work on soon. The, the podcast studio slash film studio build out. Um, but like I have a list of model companies that we want to grow towards. One of them is Step Studios. They make a lot of Super Bowl ads today. So that's kind of like the trajectory I want to head in is doing this big brand work, but making sure we have a meaningful story still and that there's a purpose behind what we're mm. making. Because um, I think that's the best vehicle um, with like filmmaking in the beginning. Like, yeah, I could do short films but it's a very niche audience with short films and it's basically not allowing enough people to hear the message that I think need to hear it. Brands kind of already have that pre-built vehicle. And if it's done correctly, it's like you have that audience mm. already um, and you're able to impact that audience already yeah. versus having to build it from scratch. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, so, if you could go back in time and uh, give your 18 year old self like one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say to just slow down a bit too and like enjoy, enjoy the process, enjoy life. Don't be in a rush to get to the finish line. Um, I would say, yeah, that's the biggest piece of advice because if you're, if you're putting in the work every day and you're genuinely enjoying what you do, you do what you say you're going to do, like you're going to succeed no matter what, you don't need to put that much pressure on yourself, right? Like, I'm sure you, you've been in there in the beginning of starting the business mm -hmm. too, or you just have so much pressure yeah. on yourself and you kind of put the weight of the world on your shoulders. And yeah, you don't need to do that. You could be successful and enjoy life too. And I'm starting to explore that more in this, in this chapter of my life. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm capping my working hours now so that I can, uh, I can make sure I'm having Hell fun. Oh yeah, too. man. So, uh, can you just tell us one more time what your Instagram is? Um, anything you want to shout out your business? Um, if you have a podcast or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah. So podcast is coming soon. But if you follow my Instagram at Luke Adams PK, you can uh, stay up to date on any of that or our film projects. I'm going to be posting more film work on there. And then eventually I'll start posting on the story real Instagram too. But yeah, just been so busy right now that it's like it only goes to the website and LinkedIn, the work basically right now. Um, so if you want to find our work, our company work, it's Story Real Studios. I uh, just type that into Google. Yeah, guys, definitely go check out his videos. If you think my videos are good, like just wait until you see his videos because he's been doing this a lot longer than me. He's really, really good. Really, I, lo- I love your style. Thank you, man. Back. I love, I love you because it, it's great getting to see you. You evolve yeah. too, and um, yeah. And anytime you put out a new project, I'm always stoked to uh, stoked to see what it is because it's always a new story. Yeah. I've noticed and some of the people that you work with seem pretty incredible. Yeah, man. Too. Thank you so much. Sweet, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, guys, definitely go check out Luke's channel. Watch his videos. You will not regret it. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. All right, man. Take care. You too. Take care.